Hello, and welcome to The Learning Project. My name is Stephanie Courtney, and I'm going to be your host today. I would like to welcome you to our new segment, My Family's Journey. We are here today with Latrice Williams. This is a powerful story about how to really overcome and really find peace in your life. You do not want to miss this. Hey, everybody. It's Stephanie from The Learning Project. You guys, today is the day. It's going down here at The Learning Project. It's going to be really good, you guys. I have Latrice Williams with me. She is an advocate. She's a community leader. She's a mother. She's a wife. She's all of it. She is going to be talking to us today about a lot of community um, issues, problems, solutions, all of it. So definitely buckle up, share this with someone, and enjoy the ride. So Latrice, tell us, what is your passion? say um i'm very very first of all thank you for that introduction that was like wow okay <laughs> thank you thank you um so my passion is it has to be my passion is music <laughs> my mm. passion is music um and then other than just like a hobby passion or a personal passion um more recently um i have a passion to um help individuals make it out of whatever their dark place is. Mm. Wherever that dark place is for them or things that they have been struggling with, um, just my connections with, with the things that I've dealt with in the past, my passion is helping people. Wow, I love that. You know, when you talk about helping people get out of dark places and helping them see the light and pushing pushing them through, um, tell me a little bit about what you're doing in the community and how you're helping people really push past that. Sure, sure. <clears throat> Excuse me. Well, I am actually, uh, right now, I am a realtor here in Spokane. So I deal a lot in the housing market um, and not just to give a little brief uh, story about me, not just yeah. am I a realtor, but um, with me being formerly incarcerated, which you'll probably ask me about later, but I'll just put that out there. Mm -hmm. um, I work directly with um, individuals who are coming home by going out and speaking at different engagements, um, mm -hmm. highly connect with the workforce or the work source development downtown. Mm -hmm. um, with those those guys down there <clears throat> i go down and i'm able to speak to those individuals who are coming into the program i think it's a three week long program it might even be two um and they basically just get get the life story the show that you don't have to stay in that place that you're in yeah here, here i am i made it and so if i could make it you definitely can oh my word so all of you guys that don't know literally she can sing okay i <laughs> want to just say like her voice is beautiful magical and blessed like it is Bless all you. The above. Bless yes you. And, and i'm i'm gonna say that <laughs> I, i'm not as good as you latrice <laughs> And so, you know, I, I definitely will say, you know, when you're talking about your passion and you're talking about um, how you have taken that passion and, you know, now you have this other passion of, you know, helping people find homes and different things like that. Yeah. Why is that so important to you? You know, you, you talked a little bit about your background. Tell us a little bit about your background and how you were able to move from that dark place and sure. really be a change maker. Yeah, because I think in order to understand the reason why um, I gravitate towards the individuals that I do or or and or have the passions that I do, you have to understand the past. Um, 
I grew up here in Spokane, uh, Spokane, in, on the east side. I'm an east sider, um, and and in Star City, Arkansas, because my my dad eventually moved out there, so I had to grow up both places. Mm. Um, but here in Spokane, I mean, I had parents that raised me in the church. You know, I had I had the the nice little life I thought maybe up mm-hmm. until like seven years old, and when they split up. It became a whole new world for me. I was angry, mm. I was frustrated, and I began to just lash out and you know have attitude with my mom and mm-hmm. just was really just, as they call it in the um, therapeutic world or the psychological world, it's uh, oppositional defiance is what mm-hmm. I had. So I just didn't mm-hmm. like listening to authority mm-hmm. um, and wanted to do my own thing. So I got um, involved with selling drugs at a very young age because I wanted my own money. I wanted to do what I wanted to do. Mm. And so, um, at about 13, I started selling drugs and was just kind of out here creating ruckus in the community. Yeah. And, um, all while remember I was raised in the church, so I would go to church and have this, you know, this religious facade on, and then out I was out doing, doing whatever my thing, mm. um, in and out of juvenile multiple times from, you know, little petty taking my mom's car to distribution of, mm. of uh, crack cocaine. I mean, it, and robbery. So there were major charges that I had piled on over the years, over the course of the years. Mm-hmm. And, um, so after i would say probably right around um oh well i guess it was yeah 2008 i had racked up probably about 13 charges 13 or 14 charges and wow and they came and they indicted me on federal charges um that sat me down i got 12 years was my was my sentence that they gave me wow and in that time i served seven of those years and in that time frame um god completely showed me who he was and it wasn't like i got there and it was like oh i got this jailhouse religion and i'm like no <laughs> like that it was many nights of being in a 23 and a half hour cell a 23 out 23 and a half hour a day cell coming wow. out half hours a day you know only having the bible to read or only ha- you know what i mean so really having to having no choice in my in my mind there was no other choice for me but to um really seek God. So when I began to seek God and he, he began to show me who he was in my life, then I began to realize who I was in him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and when I say that, that doesn't mean that when I got out, I was perfect. Cause I wasn't, yeah. it's just, he began to show me different things about myself where I would be able to help others get to the place that they need to be. So yeah. fast forward coming home, um, the reason why I connect so heavily with reentry because when I came home, for whatever reason, the period from 2008 to 2014, 15, uh-huh. when I came home, everything had changed uh, to me. Like there were smartphones, the toilets was flushing yeah. themselves, you know, I mean, things as far as techno- technologically, things had changed so heavily. And then um, because there was no halfway house where I'm from in Spokane, uh-huh. they sent me to Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Oh, wow. Yeah. Interestingly enough, you know, you can only imagine I was one of the only, I think, matter of fact, one of the only black people there. So there were two the whole time I was there. Um, So not only am I black, but I'm also a woman. So I can't do the job. Can't quote unquote. I'm saying can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're saying. Um, And so um, I experienced a little bit of the racism that was out there. Not a little bit, a lot of it of the racism, um, but still press forward and move through. I want to, I want to, 
I want to make that a point that it wasn't just that I experienced the racism and and just was like, okay, I'm, I'm experiencing it. No, I experienced it. I pressed through. I got over it, and I yeah. like, moved on, and I made it out. Yeah. So, um, I was granted early release from there and went and got got my place, but it wasn't easy because all people are saying, even though I'm home and I feel like quote unquote re- rehabilitated. Yeah. Which, uh, I can tell you more about that word later how I feel about it, but the fact is when I came home, life has just been moving, right? Yeah. The people are yeah. doing the same things. Friends that I used to kick it with and talk to or whatever, they're doing the same things, drinking, smoking, gang banging, whatever. Mm. And I knew that, that, that the streets was not an option for me. Yeah, it's not an option. Yeah. told me, it's a wrap. It is a wrap. Mm. You got one choice and you have to make the right one. Mm. And so I knew that coming home on the streets that it was gonna be, it was gonna be it for me. So I had to find a new way of, you know, who I was going to deal with and, and yep. talk to and church that I was going to go to. It got that serious. So let's not go yeah. there because it got that serious. Like, okay, wait a minute. I can't even, I can't commune with the, the people that I used to commune with because even at that, what in that sector, yeah. it's not right. Right. So yeah. Having to fill out job applications, um, and, uh, housing applications, mm-hmm. um, by the grace of God, I was able to get into a place after probably about a month of looking. So wow. it was very long. But I will say the hurt that you feel, even though you know you're rehabilitated, you know you've changed and you've made a 180 degree turn. Yeah. Because you see my my you see the paper on me, right? Mm-hmm. So you can't see all that I've done to rehabilitate myself in my mind and my, you know, what you're looking at is that paper because you don't know me. Yeah. So I know that this goes, and I'm going to tie it back into my passion. The reason why I would say that my passion is helping others, it's really helping others that have been where I was Mm. because they need to know that they have somebody that is rooting for them because I feel like the only way that you can make it is with the support system. Wow. There is no way. So yeah. um, that's the reason why, and that's my little backstory there. Oh, this is so good, you guys. You know, Latrice, thank you so much for sharing that because a lot of times people see the end and they don't see the beginning. You know, we don't want to talk about our beginning. We don't want to talk about the things that make us feel uncomfortable, you know. But, you know, when someone sees another person and is like, wow, they were able to overcome this, I can do the same thing. And, you know, we always talk about, um, you know, how our communities are moving and how are they shaping? Are, is there real, quote unquote, like you're saying, rehabilitation? Are there real programs to help you um, overcome some of those challenges that people had? So tell me what you're doing now um, to help with housing and connecting people to resources that are changing their life. Sure, sure. Um, so in housing, that's a, that's a like an ongoing um, issue that we have here because we have a lot of gentrification that's going on. Again, I'm from East Central, so uh, I'm involved with the East Central Initiative. Um, I just am, am, actually, let me just say this. I've realized how important it is for me to be in these meetings and people like me to be in these meetings because not only do we have a a race war going on right now. I mean, yeah. whatever just happened, happening and it's here. Yeah. Uh, 
not only do we have that, but then we have that those um, that group of individuals that I was referring to of the formerly incarcerated individuals, right? So we have discrimination on so many levels right now, and yeah. I think that people lose sight when they want to they want to have conversations of how we can help the housing industry, but they don't want to talk about inequities in the housing industry. Mm. Can you so touch on that a little bit about, for those that don't know what that even means? Can, can you explain that a little bit for me? Oh, absolutely. Okay, so, I mean, this is an example. So I'm from the east side of Spokane. Um, it is considered to be a lower class area, right? I mean, mm -hmm. it's not the south. South Hill is more higher class, more, more expensive houses, you yeah. know, people with, it, you know, careers and things like that. East side is, in the west side and a little bit of Hilliard, those are considered to be lower income areas. Yeah. So what happens is they come through and they are they are remodeling homes. Um, perfect example, Perry District. Perry District used to be a part of the East Central District. It was up yeah. by um, Grant Elementary, right? Yep. So mm -hmm. you had a lot of um, homes up there that people could you know get into and, and get pay a good, pretty good price for it, right? Mm -hmm. We're talking. These houses went from a hundred thousand to three hundred and almost four hundred thousand dollars. So you just sent people that used to be able to afford this, right, in these lower income areas, and now they can't—they can't even afford to live there. No. So where where do we send people now that are, you know, you are? Granted, there's going to be people that are that are working as a minimum. They're going to be working minimum wage. Okay. Yeah. So they have to have somewhere to go to, and so. That's one of the examples of um, the inequities. The other example would be that, you know, like me, for instance, if I go fill out an application, which thank God, by the grace of God, I don't have to do that no more. Hopefully I uh -huh. will never do it again. But <laughs> if I go and fill out an application mm -hmm. and they have to ask me if I've been convicted of a felon, felony, this is, you're not, wait a minute, you haven't given me the equal right. I should have a right to be housed. I should have a right to have shelter. Wow. So um, it's it gets rough because not everybody is has made that full 180 degree change. So I get it on both ends of the spectrum. I have landlords that I sell homes to, right? They they yeah. buy for an investment, and this is what they do. But then I also am a tenant, so I get you know the tenant situation and how you know yeah. that that whole thing operates. And the fact of the matter is, people are nervous to put people in in those those. Um, in their homes they're they're nervous to invest into that um that population yeah. so what i'm trying to do for those individuals is i'm trying to bring it out and say okay uh i'll just give you one of my little ideas that i that i can look uh -huh. <laughs> but so back in the day they used to have a program that's called it was a bonding program so it's basically uh -huh. kind of like because i had a, a second degree robbery right when i was seven or 15 i had one of those right uh-huh so I would go try to apply for a job and they'd be like, no, we don't accept that charge here. This mm. is they're not supposed to do that anymore, but I'm pretty sure they're still doing it. But anyhow, mm. back in the day they did, right? So right. what you would do is you would go and you'd say, or it was through the Goodwill. Goodwill would say, hey, we have Latrice Williams here. She's filled out an application with you. We also mm -hmm. are aware of her um, robbery charge. We would like to bond her. That means if she takes anything out of your till or ruins anything at your your store, we are going to cover her up to twenty thousand dollars or oh. whatever. We believe in her so much 
because she has completed the program. Okay. She has gotten her certificates. She's done her resume. She's she's got housed, you know, all these different things, right? So that was for employment. What I propose is that they do the same thing for housing because good God, they it. need somewhere to live at. I love right? it. I and love so it. If we can have a program like that where it's like, okay, I want you to come in. I want you to, you know, show me that you have taken your parenting classes. Yeah. That, that's, that's big, right? Show yes. You completed, you know, your GED. Show me mm -hmm. that you've done mm -hmm. these things. Give them steps because coming out from structure, um, which is the, the prison system is very, very, very structured. So mm -hmm. coming from a very structured area to the streets where it's eh, it's it's not so structured it's only structured yeah. if you allow it to be right yeah yeah be an ease into it by the grace of god I, I you know was thrown out there to the wolves i feel like and i had to you know it was just my little angel saving me and stuff but the fact is some people need more than that and we yeah. need to provide that space because you want your streets to be safe Yes. You call on us when you want your streets to be safe. So yes. now we're calling on them. We're calling on the leaders to say, hey, okay, this is what we need to put in place so that we can make sure that every person has the right to shelter and is sheltered. Man, this is so heavy. You guys, if, if you know someone that needs to hear this right now, I want you to stop what you're doing and I want you to share this. Because so many people, like even when you just explained to me how Goodwill is employing um, others and getting bond. I that was previous. I don't know if they do that now, but so that was when I was growing up, but hopefully they still do. I don't know. I know. I hope they do too. And I mean, when you're talking about that though, the idea, like Latrice, that is a great idea <laughs> and it's a practical solution. Sure, you know, sure. and the thing that is so hard about a lot of our community issues, there are solutions out there, yeah. but people want to keep doing the same, same old thing. Yeah. thing. Yeah. So, I mean, when people have community ideas, they have solutions for families and children and different things like that. What are some steps that you suggest people take to go about, you know, making effective change? So when you're saying if they had an idea... Yeah, like, you know, if someone is like, you know, I want to do something in this area of our community, this is an issue, what are some steps that you advise um, them to do um, or encourage them to take? Thank you for asking that question because I, I get to reiterate this. I've said this multiple times in different spaces and different meetings with different individuals. I want to say it here too because you have a platform here and because we have the platform, we need to use it. Absolutely. I need to be wholehearted with you right now and tell individuals when they have an idea not that they need to hold it to themselves but first you need to figure out if somebody is already working on the same thing Mm. If you you need to pick your geographical area, and if you're like I'm from the east side, so I'm obviously you know I'm very connected with the east side. My yes. husband's from West Central, so yes. he's very connected with West Central. Yes. Um, so if you have an idea, I would say start with the community centers mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. it's 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 likely that somebody may have something that started or that, that and that your idea can contribute to yeah. the reason why i'm saying this is because i believe especially in the black community mm -hmm. we have too many individuals who are trying to they're being they're siloed mm. y'all doing the same thing 
You're yep. doing the same thing. Yep. There's two different groups here that are doing the same exact thing. You need to come together. Yeah. Divided, we fall. United, we stand, right? right. And so That's if there's right. too many things that are going on, I mean, it might be great. These Both these ideas are great, but you are working better together. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So I would say, number one, figure out if there's somebody that's in your... Um, Figure out if there's somebody that's in your your community, your community. or your area. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. and get connected with the groups here on the east side. We have the East Side Initiative that is is working on you know re revitalizing the East Central. I love um, it. So I know about that one. There are other places I know West Central has a lot of different programs. Um, yeah. And also, like I had said, um, what do you call it? The uh, Goodwill industry. Mm -hmm. Was, was yeah, the same they have way. a lot of great programs yeah. um, and they are absolutely helping people sure. get back on their feet and have that second chance because sure. it's important, you know, yeah. if you have an idea and you're passionate about the idea and you want to take those steps. Exactly what you talked about, Latrice, really getting out there and being connected. We literally yeah. just talked about this on the last podcast that was talking about visual visuals in the classroom. Justine, she was talking about getting connected with a community of people to help you develop your passion, mm -hmm. understand your passion, yeah. pour into you. And then when somebody pours into you, then you can pour into another person. Right. So right. it's this chain effect that takes place because you're in the right place. You're in the right space and that those spaces are allowing you to grow and develop and really make effective change you know when you yeah. think about community Latrice and you think about how people have been affected as far as with housing what are some of the things that you're seeing in our community that are really causing people to lose hope or faith and how are you helping them to regain that okay um well that's a Right now, specifically, COVID-19 is causing a huge um, effect on both sides of the stream. I mean, I have people who are contacting me, telling me that they've, you know, they've gotten eviction notice. I just had a call yesterday. Um, wow. She's got an eviction notice. She's got five children. Um, nobody's supposed to be evicted right now during the moratorium. Wow. Um, I also, you know, and so we, we connected with, with the individuals that, that are able to help. So we'll, we'll be getting her some assistance. Um, but, uh, so furthermore, not just that on the other side, I have people who are like, I'm out here, I'm in the market. I want to help out. I want to do my yeah. part to get listings up so that we can, you know, have some places to, because we have a low housing, um, we, we have a low inventory right now. Right. Mm -hmm. So I have my landlords that are, are my sellers or buyer, you know, that are saying, gosh, I really want to buy this house, but yeah. can I, you know, make somebody move out right now? How do I know that they're going to pay me? How do I know? Yeah. I mean, so I've seen both ends. Um, it's just definitely with the with the COVID nineteen, and then moving forward to um, the movement um, mm. because the movement is big right now. Yeah. Um, the the movement to me is almost bigger than COVID because yeah. it's it's been here longer. Um, the ramifications of it have been here longer, you know. And um, I think the justice movement that we have going on right now has has people pretty shook up. Yeah, uh, even absolutely. when we we're out looking for houses and um, 
and this is personal, right? So when my husband and I are out looking for houses, we pull up and we're like, oh, all these yard signs, you know, I won't say what, what kind of yard signs they were. Yep. They, weren't, they weren't in favor of us, right? Yeah. So we're like, um, are we going to put ourselves in the situation to mm-hmm. actually, uh, you know, move here? Really? So, yeah. I mean, you have people and I'm thinking, I'm, I personally have a, a son my middle son he's 16 mm-hmm. bigger than me you know uh-huh. big teddy bear right to me he's a teddy bear but i have to constantly worry about what's going on with him and you know am i gonna i don't want to let him go anywhere i want to let you i don't want you driving yeah. nowhere because it yeah. is this. so i know that people are, are are having those effects as well from the movement and from COVID 19 so it's such a mixture mm. of things right now and I'm, I'm not sure if you asked me this question but i would say just to yeah just to tackle on a solution to that um we have to make sure that we uh release we release the fear from us so Mm -hmm. don't don't allow fear to um tack on to you so heavily that you can no longer um you know you can no longer commune with people you can no longer you know uh, just be a part of what's going on because you are needed and you are necessary you are important and so um we have to have to have to let go of fear the majority is not is not always right let's put it like Mm -hmm. that just because it's the majority voice does not mean it's god's voice yeah so god is love perfect love cast out all fear you already know it so i i would say that um casting out that fear and really focusing on what's factual mm-hmm. for you and your for you and your uh family like our family it's a whole different story girl when they when they <laughs> did the <laughs> you know i got seven kids so i got five that are still in school right now and at the house right so uh, when they said homeschool i was like huh <laughs> i was like hold up and I got three daughters, and you know me from when I was a kid. Yes. So yes. I was sitting here like <laughs> they got to be joking. Like I and I broke down. I won't lie to you. I literally mm. broke down because yeah. you know I I called my mentor. Well, first I had broke down, and then I called my mentor, and I was like, I'm watching people do all these things online about um, you know because they have to stay in the house, so they're you know they're putting up what they're gonna do for homeschool and all yeah. these things, and I'm like. Psh- I don't know what these kids about to do. Yeah. The schools weren't ready. The schools no. had nothing for them. You know, they were in just as much a shock as everybody else. And yeah. our job as parents, I mean, their souls are our are in our care, period. Yeah. We have the responsibility to take. So I was lost, girl. I broke down crying. I was like, I can't do it like them. I'm not <laughs> a teacher. You know, and then right. the Holy Spirit had to remind me, you know. This is a time for you to re repurpose your value. Yeah. What is your what is your family value? Yeah. We need this is what you're building right now in the quarantine phase. You're building your value. You're building mm. your foundation again. And yeah. So and I say again because like myself, my kids were raised in the church and a lot of religiosity going on there. Um, and when I was in you know when I was away in prison, they were with my mom, so they had you know. They grew up like me. Let's put it like that. They grew up like me um, until I came home. And so we are all, I believe that it's seriously been a breakdown. It's been a a serious breakdown of who we were Mm. and and setting up, laying a foundation for who we will be. And I'm talking about um, the family values. So it's like, what 
what can you teach though, Shalana? I told Art Latrice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What can you teach though? You, I want you to, I want you to do Bible study with them. Yeah. I want you, and they actually broke it down. Because at first I was like, what are they going to do? I like, you know, they bad. You know, they, no, <laughs> I didn't say that. You know, I didn't say that. <laughs> I was like, the kids ain't going to want to do that. But do you know, they told me, they said, we don't want to hear about this American history, mom. Just, I, I, they said, they were like, use the Bible as a history. Like, we just, mm -hmm. we'll just use that. And I'm like, okay. Because what? We grew wow. up, we know the Bible. Yeah. We know, yeah. you know, I can break this thing down to you. So the Holy yeah. Spirit had to show me, like, it's not, your teaching is not going to be like the other person's teaching. I'm, yeah. doing, I'm doing this, a new thing right here. Yeah, so absolutely. Really that family value and, and making everybody you know understand the core of that foundation i love what you're talking about because you're talking about the restructuring of your family you're talking about how how you had to use the community but also sure. create a community you had to retrain your yeah. mind retrain your yeah. family and i think that's the whole part in the family journey that's really interesting is that you have to take the lead and understand what do you want for your family, yeah. you know, and how are you going to break that cycle so that they can have a better life and sure. they can make different decisions? You know, I love that you're talking about, you know, those spiritual pieces, figuring out what you and your family are going to look like and realizing that our family's not going to look like everybody right. else. And what kind of environment do we want our family to be in so that they can be safe and grow and develop, you know, yeah. it's so weird that you're talking about, you know, when you are looking at a house and you're looking at all the signs. I literally was just talking to someone about this because I was helping yeah. a friend look for a house. Yeah. And we literally um, drove down a block and it literally was welcoming to us. Like yeah. it was very, very much like we are here as a yeah. body. We're here with you. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, we go down like a whole different street and it is very clear. Yes. don't come over here with this exactly and, yeah and i think that's scary because it, it thinks i, I feel like it's gone backwards you know yeah basically now our our neighborhoods what do they used to call it the red um the red lines you the know red lines, they, yeah yeah, where they would say, you know what, blacks can be over here, whites can be over here. Uh -huh. You know, they have all these different lines where it basically segregates you. And you're, we're literally, we found a whole new modern way yeah. of, segregation of segregation in our community. Think about, you know, how schools are made up. I think we don't have enough choice of schools. You right. know, um, I think anybody should be able to go to any school, get any scholarship, go in that school and yeah. learn and develop. And, you know, in the educational system, even in our public schools, there's only one hat fits all and it doesn't right. work for kids. No, it and doesn't. It basically is destroying a yeah. child um, that has maybe a strength in another area. Sure. But because that school is so test based right now, sure. there's so sure. many schools that are test based. Yeah. There's some kids that are so great at speaking. They're yeah. good at writing. Like, yeah. you know, being able to Building. rise up a lot yeah. of charter schools, private mm -hmm. schools, I'm definitely a, a person that speaks very advocately about that because okay. I've seen the I've seen the magic that happens when a kid connects with the with the sure. education piece, you know. Sure. And but at the same time, I agree with you where you're talking about the segregation piece, uh -huh. and we're talking about our families, and we have to look at our families and decide: Are we going to teach our families to be a unified body? Right. 
based right. off of color or are we going to be a unified body based off of being just human beings, human beings. doing what is right there and we go, there we go. Because before we're black before we're white we are human beings that's right that's and right. if we are not, you know, in that right step moving forward and you and figuring out how to unify together, it's not going to work. But, you know, the one analogy that I've been using quite a bit is that, you know, America's like a marriage. You know what I mean? You have problems in your marriage. You guys are on the verge of a divorce. You go to the counselor, mm -hmm. you put all your problems out there. But the issue is, you know, divorce is not even an option. So let's right. put all the issues on the table. Let's go through them and let's yeah. fix this marriage so that we can be happy yeah. and healthy and move forward together, you know? Sure. Uh, sure. But, you know, in that midst, when everyone's putting all of their, their, their issues and their things out, I think it really causes a lot of people to be scared, afraid, sure. upset, in denial. And it's exactly what you're talking about. And I think our family units are huge, are going through some new things that we haven't seen before. And we're not even recognizing, you know? And yeah. so, you know, I really want to thank you for bringing that up when you sure. are sharing your experience of going to get a home and realizing how segregation is even perpetuating itself yeah. even the more and if we don't stop it it is going to do nothing but break us all down and just yeah. really destroy what we have so right. tell me a little bit more when you're thinking about your family and you're thinking about the families that you work with what do you hope for them what is your dream and what do you feel like your mission is in their life um, I would say that to get the message out there for generational wealth, because when Ooh. all of this is said and done, um, we're going to, so let's just, we're going to get over COVID. We're going to get over, we're going to get over, um, this whole justice piece, God, because God is a God of justice and there will be justice. So I, I, that's going to happen. We're going to get over it. And when that does happen, the human race will keep moving and you will have your, your families that you, that are going to be depending on you to leave a legacy. Mm. So I would encourage the um, education for generational wealth. Mm. There's no safer investment than a real estate investment. And the reason why is because even when when you purchase that house and the market goes up and down and up and down, yeah. you live in that house, you wait for the market to go up again, and then you get to sell out, and then you get to give it to your children. Or mm -hmm. you don't even have to sell out. You just know that you own that property, and yeah. there's nothing that anybody can do to take that from you as long as you're doing what you need to do. You are now the wow. owner. Mm. And so I think that getting that piece of the education out there that individuals we have to especially as a black community i can't yeah. i can't stress that enough because those yeah. are that's who i am right so yeah um, like, i connect with who i am and, and i want when i got the knowledge i was like wait a minute yeah you know I, mean? I, could, I could have been doing this all this time da, 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 da. <laughs> the funny part is i'm starting to learn more and more as this whole justice thing is going that black people played a huge part in the real estate market mm -hmm. when my grandma was still living my grandma had multiple i can't even tell you how many my aunts and uncles probably said my mom i don't know how many properties she had but she had multiple houses wow she owned um and we lived you know we lived it we, we didn't i didn't live there but you know we went over there i guess yep. i lived there too you know it's a granny yep. house yep so i mean our grandparents had the idea we have to be owners we have to do these things and so on and so forth we need to get back to that mindset because mm. i think that we have been 
hot up so much about this either um you know because uh, people of color are most of the time put into the, the category of a lower class category like east central and west yeah. central and all those things right and and uh, the hood or the you know the, those areas mm -hmm. um so it's mostly black folks right yeah and so mostly in those areas you don't see houses that are actually affordable for those people to purchase mm. so, and then so so what happens is over the years we got into it like we got into the the, the mindset that well I, i'm not good enough to own anything i'm not good mm. enough to you know my credit is never going to be there or whatever the, yeah so our mindset changes so we have to really work on getting our mindset back to a place that that you know that you know that you know that i can do this yeah i am an owner so you have to start speaking that i am a homeowner i i own this business you know yeah work that thing out so i think that that's the most important thing is that we have to we have to start changing those mindsets back to the place where where it was before because we were owners back then yeah uh this is so good y'all i mean i'm like this conversation is so loaded because it's it's helping us start the conversation and that's what our podcasts are all about it's about how do you start these conversations about topics that are very one sometimes controversial or two people don't have the words to talk about it and how to describe it and when we're talking about creating wealth when we're talking about breaking the cycle of poverty, how do we do that? What does that look like? Um, you know, I'm so glad that you're, you're bringing this up and that is a beautiful vision for your family. You know, in the business that you work in and you help families, you know, find homes and they finally make that purchase, for you, what is the feeling that you get when you see a family able to do that? And, you know, share with us maybe a story of a family that you helped and just all their hard work really paid off. Oh my goodness. I won't say her name, but I told her I'm gonna use her as a testimony for everything. Um, so I had a friend of mine, well, actually, I met her at a um, just an event, an event, and mm -hmm. a black lady, and we, we started talking real estate. We actually sat next to each other at this event, and, and um, we were all asking, you know, where do you work at, or are you from here? Oh, I'm not from here. Or where do you come from? You know, oh, you live out here. You know how you know how we get yeah. black people sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. And, uh, right. So we're just talking, and I'm like, I'm in real estate, and she's like, man, I've been wanting to buy a house. She's like, but my my credit ain't right. My my um. She had student loans or something, whatever it was, it was debt, right? And it was that mindset again. And I said, girl, I kid you not, I can help you. Mm. I can help you. I want you to call me, you know? And I didn't, you know, after having, you know, we, we set up the event, we drank some wine and stuff. So I don't even know if she was gonna call me back. You know, I don't know. <laughs> but she ended up calling and we had a mm -hmm. meeting over the phone and this was before COVID and everything so it was over the phone ain't still and um hadn't even met her yet and she was like uh she had went to somebody who had told her that you know she needed to do all these things and it yeah. wasn't it, it wasn't in her mind it wasn't attainable it wasn't attainable because she didn't have my story yet mm. I think that it is important like when you have a backstory to tell that backstory because yeah. you just never know who you're meeting you they've got to be able to trust you and they've got to know I, if I don't see you're trying to tell me how to get out the hole but you still sitting in the hole with me mm. that is that's too difficult right so I need you to see that I'm a young black woman you know, and I'm in this community, formerly incarcerated, 
debt free. I mean, all these things. I need you to see this in me so that you can yeah. see it in yourself. Yeah. And so after telling her my story and making a long story short, um, she was able to purchase. We actually closed her house in, tw- I think it was 19 days, actually. Wow. 19, a, a, a real estate transaction should be about 30 to 45 days. Mm. She went from that. We had the event. She got her money, paid off her what she needed to pay off. And purchased the house in 19 days. Wow. After paying that off. So to me, that that was probably and it's not the only story because I think everybody is a is a is a huge story. And yeah. Without like getting it, you could just hear her voice and everything. She was just (laughs) just all of her blackness was all out. She didn't (laughs) care. She was like, girl, I'm so happy. But anyhow, so um I, I'm sharing it lightly, but the the fact that I watched those babies, you know, it, mm. it even makes me it makes me emotional because I'm watching those babies walk into something that mm. they didn't know that they could have, mm. and so um, that that was good to me. Wow, that's that so good. powerful! Thank you so much for sharing that, Latrice. I mean, you guys, this. This has been such a treat. Like, I don't know about you guys and how this is feeding your soul, but I hope that this is feeding your mind, your soul, and making you think about your community very different. You know, a lot of times when we talk about like the housing market or we talk about family, we only hear, we hear a same story. You know what I mean? And this one is very different. Um, and it's it's so powerful and I really encourage you guys to take clips and use them in your staff meetings you know talk about these pieces dig into the conversations so that we can make effective change in whatever community that you're in Latrice you know it's so interesting that we're talking about all of these different community um, pieces that people can be a part of and get involved with you're in involved with a very interesting um, group called I am resilient tell me about that so yeah, so it's called I Am Resilience. Um, a buddy of mine, which I call him my brother now, his name is Ricky Kid. Mm. He was convicted of a crime and spent 23 years in prison wow. for he did not commit. Um, so he was just exonerated, I think maybe about eight months ago now. So August, oh, almost, almost a year. Whoa. And he's getting ready to do a victory lap tour as well. Cause he's been out for a year since mm. being out. Um, I connected with him because obviously we have a, a kind of a like story, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the, the, um, the group of I am resilience, right? So basically what it's saying is that everything that we've gone through, we've gone through it we survived and we're here so that is why i am resilient my life is a resilient story Mm. what i'm connect how i'm connected with them is just um i'm doing i'm the ambassador for that um that you know program and and community of individuals and then also um like i said he's going to be doing a victory lap tour um, that is coming up for 2020 that it'll, it'll be his first year out and what we're doing is connecting with individuals for the innocence projects mm-hmm. around the nation uh, so they're going to go cross country I'll be in some cities with them going cross country um, so we're basically wanting to or, or it is starting to come through the the uh, innocence project for our Gonzaga um, University here wow so, yeah, so they will have an innocence project. They're building it up now. Um, That's so amazing. More, yeah, yeah. Our goal is to make sure that individuals are being treated obviously with equity, so fairly, right, and not yeah. being 
wrongfully convicted over something and if they are wrongfully convicted that they get their time in court to present all of the evidence mm. uh, so i did want to go ahead no i was going to say i just want to chime in here and just put a pin in something because i know there's so many people out there that are like okay people are wrongly wrongfully convicted yes. so now we need to have a center for those that kind of doubt this like what do you say to someone that basically says you know i really don't know if people are truly being wrongfully convicted and what are the facts and what proof do you have oh my gosh well so that is almost a conversation to have with ricky because i mean i've had my own my own situations where i they've tried to the officers have tried to pin things on me. Detectives have tried to pin things on me, specifically wow. a robbery that I did not commit back, and that would have given me 10 years in prison. Wow. And so the, it does happen, um, and I basically kept telling them that I didn't do it. So I can only tell you my my um, personal experience. Yeah. Different. Everybody's got their own different stories, but my personal experience is I kept saying, no, I didn't do this. I'll tell you what I did do, but mm -hmm. I didn't do this. Wow. Something that's going to end me up in, in 10 years in prison. And I got all the way to trial where they were picking the jury, the, the jury for it. And my attorney was telling me, hey, man, I don't, it's not looking good because you already have Ooh. a robbery on the record from when you were 15. So, I mean, that was only a few years ago. So I don't, I don't think it's a good idea for us to go up to trial. And that next day from picking the jury, the yeah. prosecutor came up and they offered me a deal for something again that had nothing to do with the price of tea in china they wanted mm. me to be out to conspiracy to, or conspiracy um to deliver so mm. they, they wanted me to plead to a drug charge but i was in court for um robbery wow so it was complete but they knew what they didn't have me on this but they knew i was selling drugs so they said okay well we want you to plead guilty to this because we know the feds are watching you so what they want you so it's it's a oh. game it's a game that they play um Jeez. if you don't know um if you're not familiar enough with you know the people to call on mm -hmm. or what to do i ended up pleading guilty to those charges and, and later was sentenced to 12 years in, in the federal penitentiary because wow. i was already being sought out right so mm. those charges helped them make me a career criminal wow this is this is mind-blowing because yeah. when you're talking about your experience and you're talking about this project that you are a part of and you were so passionate about the first thing i think of are the kids like literally the kids that are almost as victim as this too because when one person serves they serve too you know how you know if you don't mind me asking how was your family impacted by you know your incarceration and you know what encouragement can you give to other people that may be dealing with some things like ricky was going through where you know they may have been innocent or they're getting these crazy charges that are being toppled upon them and, it, yeah. and they haven't done that like where this is such a loaded question so you could pick it apart anyway I'm gonna, yeah i'm first going to answer the question about where people can go to to get help um that's the reason why we're getting those innocent projects going because there will be a place where um they can call up and contact an attorney and say hey would you be able to pick up my case they'll have individuals there paralegals lawyers there that will pick through their case and really uh -huh. go through it and dissect it to uh -huh. make sure that they can gather all the evidences there to make sure that you're either guilty or innocent and if you're innocent 
they're going to do the best that they can to fight for you to get out. Wow. So I would just encourage individuals to seek out and, and to contribute to the development of the Innocence Project here mm -hmm. in Spokane at Gonzaga University. Mm -hmm. um, secondly, uh, to answer your question about how it affected my children, again, I had five children by the time I went to prison. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I had five prison. I had a count, girl. Uh, but I had I had five kids. So and I had my um, second to youngest in prison. Mm. So he was born at Purdy State Prison, and wow. he was given a registered number. So he was born with a number. Wow. Um, I had him chained to a bed. Um, and this is some, not something that I I normally like talking about because that is the if there's ever been a feeling. I, I've never, I mean, I've had, I've been pregnant seven times and I haven't mm. lost one mm. and I've never, I've never given anybody up for an adoption, mm. but the feeling of having to be chained to a bed, mm. the feeling of knowing that what I've done caused my son to be born with a number that he'll never be able to take away. Mm. Um, I don't talk about that very much and not a lot of people know that. Um, I will say that, so in that effect for the, for the infant, my mom was able to come and pick him up from the hospital three days after he was born. So he wasn't taken by CPS or anything yeah. like that. Um, mm -hmm. I gave her temporary custody um, as mm -hmm. well as with my other children. And I could just say that um, I was blessed to have a mom I was able to get my children. Yeah. Um, because not everybody does have that. No. Um, I'm also trying to work with, uh, with COVID, it's been hard to get in, but we're trying to set up something where the program, there is a, a baby program where you can keep your child. Yes. That program does not extend to those who have a martial hold, which the martial hold is a federal charge that you have to serve. So what? Yeah. They don't have that program for federal inmates. So that's the reason why my mom had to come and get the baby. Wow. Um, I would say that. Um, so that's one piece for infants. Or, or pregnant mothers that get you know become incarcerated and they have to work through their situations mm -hmm. and then I would say coming home has been an interesting view right because they've been used to being raised by my mom mm -hmm. and I'm telling my mom them is my kids <laughs> so you know that whole thing took us a second to really work through and yeah. I still feel like to this day sometimes you know they are they are forgiving but it feels like sometimes they're unforgiving yeah like they, they will you know speaking to all individuals who have ever been incarcerated before and you have to you want to build a relationship with your children again but it just seems like they're they're not willing to meet you halfway it's not mm -hmm. that they're not wanting to meet you halfway um they are just working with you coming home too so that mm. we we it took a piece of them. Hmm. It took a piece of, of, of my children when I left. Hmm. Um, and so they have to work back into it too. So I would say, be as loving as you can. Yeah. Love on them. Hmm. When they fight you back, I have three daughters. When they fight you back, when they want to, they want their boyfriend to come over and you say no. When they, your son want to take your car and he ain't got no license. And the other son want to, he 
just want to smoke weed. That's all he wants to do. Love on them. Yeah. Love on them. Because yeah. it's a healing process like a holistically for your family. It's a healing yeah. process. When we come back on the scene, it's a whole different thing for them. I also, I'm just going to throw this little plug out there. Uh, I didn't know about it before. I'm just going to throw out. Um, I did the time. Lane Pavey, she has or had um, a therapist in her office, a counselor that mm -hmm. works specifically with children who have uh, uh a parent that was formerly incarcerated. Can so you say that name one more time? Her name is Lane Pavey. Mm -hmm. And I'm hoping I'm not throwing that out there because it, it was when I first got out. So it was about wow. you know, almost six years ago. So I'm hoping that they still have that. But I was able to, um, you know, I'll just throw this out there. I had to deal with um, so a suicidal attempt in my home, mm. you know, uh, with one of my one of my children. And I was able to, I just happened to be meeting with Lane about something else that day. And she, and was it, it was like, my daughter was there. I was like, girl, I'm breaking down. I never dealt, dealt with this before. Wow. I literally was having anxiety attacks. I thought I was having a heart attack, girl. I was just yeah. crying, crying. Like, I can't even imagine you taking your life and not being here with me. But I can't express that to you because you're, you don't want to hear from me right now. Yeah. So the fact that they have somebody else outside of it that dealt with that same thing that they grew up with their parents incarcerated, you know, they can understand what that child is going through. So sometimes they're not going to hear it from you as a parent, you know, they're not going to want to hear it from you. But if you have a close friend or somebody that you trust, I would advise that you don't be shy to counseling. Yeah. Not be shy to counseling. We all need somebody to talk to. Yeah. You know, somebody that's going to talk back to us. Not yeah. just can't always be. I mean, Jesus is good. Don't get me wrong, but he is yep. with the knowledge and wisdom of other people <laughs> to be able exactly. to help us. So, um, I would advise that um counseling, you know, counseling and therapy um you just allow that to, you know, cultivate your home. Oh my, Latrice Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah. Thank absolutely. you for sharing that. That, that, oh my, I'm like stuck y'all because there's so many things in this world that we need to work on together and create change. And I just want to say thank you for sharing your story. Sure, like, sure. I, I cannot thank you enough. Yeah. Thank, thank you. you so much. You know, Latrice, if people want to reach out to you, learn more about you, even buy a home with her. Okay. Everybody. Hey. I work with her. She's amazing. Very professional. Yes. I'm yes. telling you, she's amazing. You will love every bit of your experience. So where can we find you, Latrice? Where can they go? Well, I'm all over Facebook. So Latrice Williams Realty um, is my business name, Latrice Williams LLC. Um, I'm actually underneath the firm Bernadette Pillar Real Estate right now. So um, Latrice Williams at Bernadette Pillar Real Estate. Awesome. Uh, my email address, let me just go ahead and throw that out there. It's Latrice at SpokanePillar.com. Latrice at SpokanePillar.com is my email address. And I'm going to throw my phone number out there just in case you guys need yes, it. Yes, please. It's 509-319-4550. That's my business line, my business cell. I answer it all the time. Trust me. Ask my kids. Ask my husband. I'll be <laughs> on that phone. You will not have a missed call from me. Um, or you won't miss my, you know, I won't miss your call. Um, and then also, I, I didn't really speak about it, but I also am at community building in the community. I'm, I'm in the community building um, 
as far as uh, healing goes. So um, I use music at, for healing. Again, I had said at the beginning that music is my passion. So um, you also are able to um, contact me if you need to book me. Um, and my website for that is www.voiceoflatrice.com. Um, and what I do, just so you know, is I storytell with the music. And so um, if you con contact me, I will share a life story through skit and song. Um, and it just depends on, you can go to the website and look and see the different packages of what I offer and what I can help you with. So. Oh my goodness. I didn't even know that. We would, we'll have to do another podcast on that or something. We have to talk more. I love this. Yeah. I just, I love all the people that are coming onto this podcast and sharing their gifts, their talents, and just sharing what they're doing to make a difference in someone's life. You guys, I hope you were touched by this podcast. I hope you had a great time with us. You guys, if you have questions, you want to know more about the learning project, you can go to www.tlptraining.com. Thank you guys so much for listening and see you soon. Bye. Thank you.